Mobile and online businesses. If you have an idea, mm -hmm. start there. The one thing that's really nice about where we started is I mentioned earlier, I'm a risk adverse person. So I am not gonna put all of my eggs in one basket. I wanted my job and then I needed a proof of concept to say, okay, this worked, okay. now what could work next? That's Vicky Kostras and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and who are making an impact are often people you've never heard of until now. If you knew that you loved talking to people and you loved being social, chances are someone at one point told you that you'd be great at sales. That's exactly what today's guest, Vicki Kostras, was told. And she built a great career in the sales space. But she also knew she didn't want to be stuck in someone else's plan, someone else's dream. So four years ago, she and her husband decided to test one of her many million-dollar business ideas. And it worked. In this episode, learn how Vicki has built not one, but three businesses, still while working full-time, how she is motivated to live intentionally, and how her energy is not just changing Cleveland, but the world. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Thanks, Kara. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really excited to have you on. You're doing so many incredible things between podcasts, multiple companies, dog mom, like there's so much you have going on. Um, but let's jump in and tell everyone your name, what you're up to, and where in the world you are to start. Absolutely. And when you say that, it makes me tired just even thinking <laughs> about it. But <laughs> my name is Vicki Kotris. I'm based in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I, like you said, I run two small businesses. One's called Cleveland Cookie Dough Company, which is a food truck. One is called Remix Ice Cream, which is a brick and mortar. Um, I have a loving little boxer named Wally that I'm obsessed with. And um, up until very recently, I've been working in corporate America. So I've done a lot of work over the past four years, which is when I, I built my businesses to allow myself for to have more freedom, have more flexibility, and really architect the life that I want to live. Did you always imagine that you would be an entrepreneur? I think in so many ways. I think mm -hmm. I... Um, so what I love it and what I shared with you on a confetti filled life podcast, which is the one that I host on my own is that I kind of had this awakening four or five years ago. And I, I'm actually learning that this is, this kind of thing has been happening. It happens a lot, you know, and, and, and it's this point where you realize when you are working for someone else, there's nothing wrong with it, but you have to accept that you're this cog in a wheel. Like yeah. you're contributing what you contribute, but ultimately there's so many more things that make the wheels turn and you don't really have that much impact or that ability to, to change something. Mm -hmm. And I started to realize that and I felt really lost in that mm -hmm. shuffle. So when I thought about what I could do, entrepreneurship just seemed like the right thing for me. It seemed like just something I wanted to do for myself mm -hmm. that I could put in motion and start to really experience more outside of the nine to five. What surprised you about making that leap? 
Well, it's funny because I am still very much in the mix of it all. So I have a lot of people that reach out to me and friends that ask, how do you balance it all? And how do you make things work? Because I think something that's really challenging is I think a lot of people realize that they want flexibility and they want to be happier. They don't want to feel governed by their job or just how what society is kind of designed of how people work, but they don't really know how to get there. And so the fear kind of causes people to freeze up and then you do nothing and you just keep the wheels keep turning. Um, And so I think what surprised me the most was that I could, that I I could make a different decision. You know, I could, I can decide to change my life and Mm -hmm. um, it's been a really crazy thing. And so um, going back to kind of having two feet in one foot in two different places is you know, you have to make time for the exploration. As a part of my journey, I always knew that I, because I'm a risk adverse person, that I had to build something aside from what I was already doing. So I'm in the corporate grind, you know, until very recently, I, you know, I still, I still am. And so every time that I could, all the time Mm -hmm. I could spend outside of that nine to five was building something else. And that was, just what kept driving me in that process is because I knew if I kept going that I would find something on the other side that made it worth it. There's a lot of people I've seen recently on Instagram talking about, it's not about what you know or who you know, it's simply that you keep going. And I hear you talking about that and how like, I just had to keep showing up. I had it, like, it would be there if I just kept showing up. I, who taught you to keep showing up or did you discover that on your own? Were you born that way? No, I was, I wish, (laughs) I wish I could say that. And I interview a lot of people for my own podcast that Mm -hmm. I ask that same question to, did you, do you have a lot of mentors or people in your life that you looked up to? And most people say no, you know, and um, there's a few that do, but I didn't grow up in a family that Mm -hmm. ran a business or had high powered, like enterprise type of jobs, you know, at the C-suite. So, uh, you know, I feel like, And what I've, uh, through my own kind of self-development is that, you know, sometimes we're limited to the highest branch that we can see. Mm -hmm. And so we have to start climbing ourselves to really uncover what's, what's the next level, what's the next level. And so, you know, I, I feel that really strongly. And I have to remind myself too, that like, if I keep going, I will see the higher branches. So in my perspective, you know, I, thought that everybody just had jobs and worked a million hours a week. My parents did, you know, my Mm -hmm. parents always had two plus jobs. They worked really hard. And so that was what I, that was how I modeled my life. If I work really hard, I can just stay in middle America. And then that's just, I get 10 days off a year and I can just enjoy that, you know? So I think when I was saying that I kind of had this awakening five years ago, it was like, there's, there's a lot more to unpack there. And so Mm -hmm. that's, and I spent a lot of work doing it. And that's what I I kind of mentioned to even my friends who ask is like, there's a lot of things that I've done to help. I've read every self-help book you can imagine. I listen to every self-help podcast you can think of. Um, and those are the things that um, you got to put in the time to to be able to go to that next level. 
And my business is no stranger to that because we are constantly met with challenges and issues and hiccups and fuck ups and everything in between. And every time I I'm able to problem solve or get to the next place, I always look back. And to me, that's what feels fun because I'm like, wow, I got through that. Now I, I know, now I know. And if this ever is to happen again, I have so much more confidence that I can get through it. I wish that more people knew that it wasn't, you know, what corporate career do you want? But the question was more, how do you want to spend your time to pay for the life that you want? Yes. And I feel like we're, we're having an awakening culturally in the U.S. right now of all the myths that we've been talking about. <laughs> and I, we haven't out loud just said that there's this whole myth of having to be stuck in that wheel you were talking about that we just have bought into. And I think, you know, the silent quitting, the, you know, mass exodus of people from the corporate space, all of it's in there, but I don't think we're having a bold enough high level conversation of like what the other questions are we need to be asking ourselves. Yeah. And, and I hear that you wanted to be out of that space and then you chose to create companies where everything is like sweet and delicious and happiness like, have you always been into food in that way? Or were you like, how did you pick cookies and ice cream to be like, that's what I'm going to do? Yeah. Well, I, that's, I think that's why I love so much about how you coach your clients, because you talk so much about that thriving is Mm -hmm. intertwined with having fun. And that goes back to this idea that we put so much pressure on ourselves and society it's systemically, it is ingrained from when you turn 18 years old, you just have to pick something. You're like, okay, I'm going to be a veterinarian. And then you get to veterinarian school and you're like, oh, I hate this. I don't want to put my (laughs) hand in places that I don't belong. So we don't, you don't say, well, what's going to be the most fun for you? Mm -hmm. You know, what are you going to enjoy? And so that, that whole thing got lost for me, you know? And so, uh, you know, I'll, I'll take this to go back just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like when I started my corporate career, so I got a job straight out of college. I like to talk a lot. I got a degree in communications at a party school because I was really great at socializing. (laughs) I was really great at drinking beer. So I thought, well, you know, if I go into sales, I get to schmooze, I get to travel, Mm -hmm. I get to do all these things. Well, I get that job. I get fired from my first job. I'm like, shit, what am I going to do? Because everyone said I should, I would be good at sales, Mm -hmm. but no one ever said to me, what's fun is like, how can you make this fun? And so it took me a long time in corporate America, in, in technology sales to want to do a complete 180 of that. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I get asked, like, how, like, was I, am I a baker? Did I just love being in a kitchen? And there is some truth to that because I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into a business that I didn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I like to bake, you know, I've liked to cook. I like to try new recipes, sure. But I think I was just so driven to do something that was on the complete opposite scale of what mm-hmm. I've been doing. One is from a sales perspective, I'm really, really familiar with really detailed, complex sales scenarios. And if anyone has been in that world, you know that it is, it can be really tough. It's really hard mentally. It's, you have to have stamina to see it through, especially when you're talking about 
six, seven figure products that you're selling. But I'll tell you what, I have never had more fun than selling a $4 ice cream to someone and watching them walk away and celebrate with their friends or coming into Remix and saying, you know, it's my 10th birthday and I brought all my friends with me. And it's like, I am building an experience for someone that is Mm -hmm. just so fun. It is so unlike what I've done. And I wish, I think back, like if someone would have told Mm -hmm. me 15 years ago, you know, the fun of sales is what you're bringing to someone else, Mm -hmm. not what you think you're just suited for. It's really like looking at the service aspect. I think that I, the past 15 years of my life would have been completely different. And now I'm choosing to really lean into that. So I guess that's a long-winded answer of saying I didn't think that I was going to own an ice cream store. I'm sure like my eight-year-old self would be elated that I did. (laughs) Um, But I think I just wanted to do something that was completely different from my experience Mm -hmm. and prove to myself that I could do it. Well, and I love that there's the full circle perspective of loving to talk to people, loving to be in a social party situation, And you're getting to do so much more of that, selling cookies, selling ice cream than doing tech sales, because like you, you just mentioned it, right? You get to be part of like parties every day. They might be 10 year old parties. They might not be frat parties, but like, you're like, this is just as much fun because I think we underestimate the power of like the impact we can make in someone's day, like right there in that moment. And you just made that 10 year old's day week you know, year because of the experience that you got to give them. I know. I think about that so much about how the world is shifting into Mm -hmm. a new place. And I'm not, I probably won't put this as like eloquently as I can, but we're shifting so much from just consumption, 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 Mm -hmm. and just buying products. And we're moving into an experiential phase that especially being in a recession and people are so much more cautious of how we're spending our dollars Mm -hmm. that if we're spending it, it, we have to feel something. We can't, it can't just be like the product. And so that really drives me for Mm -hmm. whatever. I know that I'm not done creating businesses. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I'm really driven Mm -hmm. by that whole experiential factor to make sure that that is always something that's part of it. How much is your community a part of why you love your businesses? You know, the the community part, I think, is a surprising thing about starting a business. And um, there is a um, there's two women that I interviewed for my podcast, and they own a company called Queer Gear. And um, so it's an LGBTQ um, clothing company. And they said something that I'm just going to borrow from them. It's just like the community, building the community was the most surprising part for them. Because it's like they knew what, they knew who their market was, mm-hmm. but community is so much more different. It's like creating a yeah. mission and supporting um, groups of people and and whatever is to come from that. And I feel that really strongly mm-hmm. with what we're building with Cleveland Cookie Dough and Remix. And it's probably because it's so rooted in those special events. And when I try to look at my life, I look at that. It's really just a myriad of of really like fun moments, you know, Mm -hmm. whether whether we choose to recognize them or not is is, is on us. Cause I, we could spend all day talking about the bullshit and the, you know, this wasn't fair. This sucked. It rained today, whatever. Um, but really like life is comprised of those really special moments. And Mm -hmm. that's what 
is so rooted in our community. So we do things, well, one, it was really important for me to have a business in urban Cleveland. So I, mm -hmm. I live in the city of Cleveland. I wanted to have a physical presence there within my community. We do a lot of events to support the kids, whether it's softball teams, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a neighborhood trick or treat. And it's, it's based upon that, that I just want everyone to feel a certain way. I want you, when you walk through the doors or when you are tasting a treat, that you feel excited and you're happy to be there. And that that becomes one of the moments that you celebrate in life because, you know, we can make them every day, but we really just have to take a minute to really recognize them. Well, you have the similar pleasure that I have of getting to talk to these incredible people who have started companies and are choosing their path versus somebody else's. Yeah. And I tell, I, I honestly tell everyone that this podcast is the most selfish thing I do. Everyone I'm talking to is because I'm like, I want to be friends with them. Have them on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. And there's not enough people doing work that they love. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just how you shared about your community, doing something that you love meant that you're creating space for other people to be happy. And you're changing, like, there's such a deep ripple effect yeah. when people get to do work that matters to them that can change a community, change a household, a neighborhood faster than I yeah. think anything else. And when we're in such, at least appearing to be divided times from a, a media perspective and a political perspective, I have not talked to an entrepreneur yet that isn't doing it because they want to make a positive impact. Yeah. It's like, how do, how, how can we come back to that as a greater community? Do you think? I mean, I think it's just like what you mentioned. It's so the the answer is so simple, Kara, <laughs> that when people are searching for these, like these huge world answers of like, how do we solve these things? I personally think that it is so simple. I think it really comes down to two things. One is acts of service. I think that is a headspace that everyone should get into the mindset of, I, and I don't care what anybody does. Like if you, uh, if you, you have a corporate career, you have no ambitions to start your own thing. You don't want a side hustle. You don't care that that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. but to look at everything from the lens of how can you serve someone else better that is the, uh, that would change the entire world. If we all woke up one day and said, you know, today I'm going to, I'm going to make it my day's mission to just give someone a compliment, mm -hmm. to help someone carry something to their car, to reach out to my network and say, Hey, I'm pretty good at marketing or I'm, I, you know, I got a podcast. Let me help you evangelize your business or your message. Like mm -hmm. that I think can solve so many mm -hmm. things. And that is so simple. And um, I think the really unfortunate part is that a lot of people, we've gotten to this like quid pro quo type of lifestyle. Like, mm -hmm. what are you going to do for me? What have you done for me lately? Instead of really recognizing that how it makes us feel, you know, as people, as um, community members, as business owners, whatever it is, but that it, that's really how I look at it is, is the biggest one is service. And the second thing that I would mention is tuning into just how we do feel about those things, because we don't tune into those enough. And I don't know, that's, 
that's kind of my my theory is that we overcomplicate so many things in life and there is no reason to do that. We so do. I mean, somebody, if if somebody wanted me to narrow down my coaching approach, yeah. I Kaimari your business and maybe your life. <laughs> <laughs> you got joy or you don't. <laughs> yeah. And, and like there's 80% of what's on our to-do list we just don't need. And we're so good at making ourselves busy for no reason. We're stressed for no reason. Yeah. Like all the things. And um, it's like, how do we, the reset that I think the world needs is maybe not the one everyone thinks they need on an individual level. And I love that you talked about the feeling piece. You know, I, um, I love taking like assessments, personality tests, things like that. And one that a client sent me was the human design report. Oh yeah. I just did that actually. Okay. I love it. Yes. And, and what, are anybody, you, what are you? I am a manifesting generator. Me too. A manifesting. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that most people on this podcast probably are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I love that it talked, it reconnected me with the fact that if anyone said Meyer, Myers-Briggs, right? Like yeah. I tend to be very logical in my approach to the world, but I make choices based on how I feel. And I know I can get spun out when I'm trying to logic my way through something yeah. And the report I got back was like, hey, are you trying to logic your way out of a whirlpool? And I was like, shit, how do they know? How <laughs> do they know? Bust it. And there is, there's so much, the people who I follow that are so successful, they spend so much time in their relationship with themselves. I think so they can hear that feeling, that intuition at a louder place. Um, because sometimes as an entrepreneur or just as a human, the logical choice makes zero sense. Yeah. And, and so what, what do you do to keep dialing back into what you know to be like your truth and the answers versus all the noise that is out there? That is such a great question. Um, you know, I think that it's a work in progress. I think a lot of people would say that unless they're like, you know, completely enlightened. And they're like the Dalai Lama. <laughs> I don't know. Um, because it takes so much work mm-hmm. to be introspective. And even when you were talking about that, you make a lot of decisions based on how they make you feel. I think um, for myself anyway, it is a practice that mm-hmm. has to be practiced in hundreds of times a day if not more. Um, And I think that's something that I'm really focused on is for the past few months, I've decided to start saying no to the things that don't feel good. Um, If it doesn't sound fun, I'm not going to do it. If it's, if if it's nothing that's going to help me in in any way or make me feel better, I'm just not going to do it. And it's hard because I think, um, you know, you start to change your relationships that way. People don't look at you a little bit differently. Um, you know, earlier this year, I took a break from drinking alcohol and that changed a lot of relationships with people. So I think when we talk about like making decisions off of that drive to just want to feel better, I don't think there's like, I think with a lot of things in life, there's never that end goalpost. I think the goalpost just keeps moving. Um, so it's like, you're not going to just land there and say, yay, I feel like completely fulfilled and all the decisions I make are great. But um, it's kind of like an internal mantra that we have to do a check-in. Okay, does this feel good? Will this help me grow? 
um, will I be okay with my decision? And if it's no, then why would why would we do that? And that's yeah. that's kind of what I've been putting into practice. I'm not perfect yet, but <laughs> I'm making a concerted effort. We use alcohol so much to fill the gaps um, mm-hmm. of boredom, like you you were saying, yeah. boredom, and um, when we have nothing else to do. And so, something that I've been really cognizant about in the past few months is I'm trying to identify areas in my life that I overdo it with entertainment. And mm-hmm. I and I'll, I'll kind of explain why. I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but. Even when running two businesses and working, um, I think that I put pressure on myself to have still have a lot of fun, still be very social. Um, but I'm realizing, wow, I'm spending a lot on concert tickets and uh, that I don't of bands I don't love, or I'm going out to dinner mm-hmm. to places I don't really like, and you know, I'm doing things just to fill yeah. that time. And so I think that's alcohol and entertainment are kind of in that place. Like, what if we just reallocated that time to doing something else, like that? we really love going on a bike ride, go reading a book, which is like, I've gotten really big into reading and it's, you know, those types of things. So I think it's that self-awareness Kara, honestly, of like, what am I getting out of it? And where am I overdoing it with things that don't matter that much? Yeah. I do a men's mastermind and I think I'm making it COVID as we go into the future, but it's just called how to live extraordinary. And every time I've led that mastermind, it kicks my ass because I hear the echo of what I'm telling people. And I'm like, shit, that's not extraordinary right now. I have to go work on that. And like all the things start being illuminated in my own life that aren't totally in alignment with like what I'm up to. To piggyback off of what you said is something that I think is also really hard, especially for women. Um, We get really attached to labels Mm -hmm. and the same is with our diet, the same is with who we are. It's like, if, if we look at the things that we do, well, if I'm a mother, then how could I be a business owner? And if I'm a business yeah. owner, I need to be a, I need to be the boss or the bitch or what, you know, whatever. Yeah. And the same thing applies to diet and exercise. Like, mm-hmm. well, I gotta be keto. And if I'm yeah. keto, then I can't, I can't, you know, eat a slice of bread. And it's like, if I'm a vegetarian, then I can't ever have fish. It's like, no, those are just fake made up parameters we put on ourselves Mm -hmm. to create more guilt. And it's just not, it's not right. And it's like, we have to create lifestyles that support, um, all of it, that it's not anything to be embarrassed or guilty or anything about. Guilt is a big thing that I've been working on with my coach lately of knowing that I have this massive to-do list and to manifest list and knowing that in the past 12 months with my clients, I've helped them achieve such huge things. And I'm feeling guilty because there's big things on my list that I have not given the attention to because I'm giving all to my clients. Yeah. And she's like, okay, let's scale. How do we, how do we make, allow you to have great goals for 2023 and not have them be guilty? And I'm like, shit, I don't know. So what did she say? What's the secret? <laughs> well, so we're we're working through that right now. But for me, what I've done is instead of having too many things on the list, I'm saying these are the, and honestly, it's what I coach people on. So it's so annoying to go to my own coach and be like, I just told someone that. Why can't I hear it myself? Um, but I'm focusing on three things, three core pillars of my business going into next Love year. It. I'm setting them up. I'm doing the math behind it. And everything else that's on the wish list is going into what I'm now calling the 
bonus game. And if they happen, they happen. If they don't, they don't. And I'm not allowed to judge myself about anything in the bonus section. The three things that are on the goal list, I'm allowed to get judgy on. Those other ones, no. So just that psychological switch for me to know that those are bonuses and not official points we're scoring automatically freed me up to be like, okay, I can relax. I can focus on those three things and stop being so mean to myself. Well, it's nice that you're conmarrying yourself, <laughs> yes. like reverse psychology, which is true. You're just talking about simplification at its, mm-hmm. at its finest. And yeah. that's what I mean. Like so many of these things could be simplified. And you actually, it's funny because you, uh, when you were a guest on my podcast, we were talking mm-hmm. about how you coach people who either want to start businesses or have ideas and they don't know where to start. And you're like, yeah. a business plan should be one page. Yeah. What? You're spending hours and hours and hours building a hypothetical that you're spending mm-hmm. too much time on. And I think that's a, a really great example of just simplifying it too. What's your idea? How are you going to get it done in three to five steps? And now, yeah. you know, go get them. Yeah. It's, it's, um, I would love to know how you approach your businesses in that way too, because to just, you jumped in from corporate into, we're going to start these businesses and most people stop right there. I can see it. I don't know what to do next. Abandon ship, go back, go back to corporate life. It's safer. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I still have those thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when you were starting your business, was it just like, did you have a clear plan? Did you have a, a, a roadmap you were following? How did you know what to do next? Well, I would never recommend to do what I did. Um, <laughs> because, um, well, so how, the question I cannot answer for you is I don't know why this idea versus many ideas, because mm-hmm. I have lists and lists in my phone and mm-hmm. my notes section that's labeled million dollar ideas. And it could, it, I started it 10 years ago. So there are tons. So I can't tell you why this stuck. I think it was just right place, right time. Mm-hmm. Inspiration caught me. But when we started our food truck business, which was the first one, we only started it because we had, we had full-time jobs. We thought mm-hmm. we, we need to have a business that we can operate just on nights and weekends. And we picked up steam really fast. And so when I started, I bought a truck that we had never driven. It had like <laughs> 70,000 miles on it. So I thought, wow, we're getting this for a steal. This is amazing. Um, but don't do that. I would never tell a listener to do that because literally we've broken down tens of pluses times, you know, mm-hmm. over the past four years. So, you know, we've learned a lot from that decision. Don't do that. Drive the truck. Um, but we didn't, we had no roadmap. We had no plan. I had money left over from our wedding. And we use that to buy this truck. And I, this is how I know that ideas work. And so I think when people talk about like, how I know when I have an idea and I'm excited about it, I am a bulldog. Mm -hmm. I am, I am chomping at the bit at anything that I can. I can't stop networking with people, jotting down ideas, um, actually creating things, scheduling events. And that's exactly what happened is I think there's a lot of times we get in our head, we say, well, we don't really need, we, we, why would we follow, why would we like follow through with this? You know, mm-hmm. but I think when that spark of inspiration comes and you can't stop thinking about it, that, that it, that deserves your attention. That's mm-hmm. you 
owe it to this idea to actually express it. And that's exactly what happened in both of my businesses. So the first time um, I'm a really big proponent of, of, of encouraging people to start mobile businesses because I mobile and online businesses, if you have an idea, Mm -hmm. start there. It's the lowest barrier to entry. I mean, there's obviously different investment levels that you can make, but the one thing that's really nice about where we started is I mentioned earlier, I'm a risk adverse person. So I am not going to put all of my eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. I wanted my job and then I needed a proof of concept to say, okay, this worked. Okay. Now what could work next? So um, mobile businesses allow you to do that. You test the market. Mm-hmm. You see what works. Do you like it? No. Okay, scrap it. You didn't spend mm-hmm. that much on it anyway. Rock, you know, cough it up to another hobby, failed hobby or something, you know? <laughs> so I, um, So that's how we started. I was really, really big on networking. I talked to anyone I could think of. I made a list of all of the people mm-hmm that were friends of mine or friends of friends that I thought could help in some way. I would ask them out to coffee. That would be my foot in the door. I'd ask them if we could host a pop-up. I would ask them if they had corporate events that they would consider purchasing from us. Um, And then I, from there, everything is very, um, it's like, it's like the momentum. And I think about Mm -hmm. this all the time when I'm at the gym, the first 10 minutes on that treadmill sucks so bad. (laughs) Oh, I don't want to be here. It's so early. Like, you know, my feet hurt, my legs hurt, whatever. After those 10 minutes, you like forget that you were complaining usually. And that's what I think about in building a business is like the first 10 minutes were our first for each business, probably the first 18 months is Mm -hmm. really, really hard. And if you're doing it right and you're following that inspiration, the momentum of what you're building, it can't be stopped unless you stop, you know? But the ripple effect is more people learn about your business. More people refer you to customers. Customers then become repeat visitors. Repeat visitors turn into different sales channels. Like Mm -hmm. there's just so much opportunity if you can get through the suck. And that's, that was my strategy. I didn't have a business plan. I Mm -hmm. bought a truck that didn't run. And (laughs) four years later, you know, we've turned them both into multi six figure businesses. And actually just last month, we hit our million dollar mark in lifetime revenue, which has been amazing. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm really proud because, you know, a lot of people think, how could I get to that seven figure mark? And we're not making seven figures every year. We will, you know, there will be a time when we do, but just to prove and know that that's possible is really fucking awesome. Yeah. And there's so much that I want to acknowledge you for in that share because you didn't know what you were doing. You did it anyway. You went, you're like, I'm just going to figure out each day. We're just going to figure it out, figure it out. And the one thing that I think most business owners step over that you took on at full steam was telling everyone. Yeah. The, in mm-hmm. October for... Um, the Thrive Mastermind, where f- the whole topic of the month is power of proximity. No one is using their network enough. And it's not about selling everything to your network. It's where are the influencers and the people with the keys you need and the next, like people have the answers. And yeah. most of the time, we already know the people we need to go to the next step. We just have been too scared, embarrassed, unsure to... Even say like, I don't know what you can help me do, but I think you can help. (laughs) Yes. Like, and obviously with your background and communications and network, like that's you, that's what you do. You talk to people, 
I wish everyone knew to get out there and like scream from the rooftops. This is what I'm doing. Who wants to help? Yes. And you know where I think people get caught up and I was, I've been talking to other coaches just of who will be guests on my podcast coming Mm up and, um, everyone is scared of the sales word, you know, have this great idea, but you're afraid to sell it, especially if that's just not a comfortable place for you. And like my husband is my co-founder and he is not a salesperson, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what, he is so motivated to he's so motivated by what he does that he doesn't even realize that he's selling. Mm -hmm. And that's where I would tell any business owner to just chill out that the sales piece, again, we don't need to overcomplicate it. It's building relationships. It's creating a message that will connect with the people that you want it to connect with. And then that's how you're able to convert into dollar signs. It's Mm -hmm. not that different, but it's like, Oh, sales. I'm not salesy. I'm not this. I'm not that. It's like, well, can you have a conversation with somebody? Because (laughs) that will be a sale, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's there's, and people are so happy to support you. I know. I I think we undervalue how much people want to make an impact for us. And most people are amazing, great, fantastic humans great, amazing, fantastic humans, going back to what you said earlier, they want to be of service. Yeah. And most people don't know how they can be of service. And it's such an opportunity when we ask someone, like, how can you help? Or can you help me? Or I think you can. And it opens up a whole other world for other people that we underestimate, I think, too. I know. I know. We have a friend, my husband's best friend. He comes to our big, our big, like, like company events. And so when he came to our opening at Remix, he said something like, I heard this quote somewhere that it's like, if you don't have a dream, like you have to show up for your friend's dream and help make them help it come true for them. And it always stuck with me that it is true. Like while, even while we're building what we want and we're Mm -hmm. having the, our, the own, our own things going on in our lives is that we have an obligation to support and we want to, so I, I echo that so much, Kara. I'm, I'm glad that you're, that's even like part of what you teach people because I think it's so true. It's such an yeah. underutilized resource is the people that are closest to us and people are afraid to even start that conversation. Or I think everyone's, sometimes people are afraid of people stealing their idea or I don't want to, yeah. I want to hold it close until it's actually like perfect, but mm-hmm. it's never going to be perfect. Well, the new idea that I have that I'm happy for people to steal because I think we need them in lots of different places goes back to the the sobriety conversation of I want there to be places to go for happy hour that do not serve alcohol. Yeah. Why doesn't this exist? I want it to be cute. I want to feel like I should get dressed up. I want it to be fun. I want all the same things you would get from a cocktail bar, but make that make it healthy for me. I love it. Plus, there's so many new, like, non-alcoholic drinks coming out and everything else. I'm like, please, someone go make that so I can hang out (laughs) guilt-free. Yes, I'm with you. Well, I will join you at whatever establishment um, pops up. I think it's a fantastic idea. Excellent. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So I would love to get into what it means for you when you hear the words powerful and ladies. And... Do the definitions shift or change when those two words are put next to each other? Um, 
it, no, nothing changes. I think, I think what it really means is the power to create impact for everyone, whether it's women, men, anyone in between, however you identify is that there is so we are, we are capable of so much. And I feel like on the day to day, we tap into 5% of that because of the overwhelm, because of the millions of thoughts and things going on around us. And the, I think the way to step into your power is to simplify, like we've been to that. I think yeah. that's our theme of our conversation today and just pick what is exciting. Like, mm-hmm. pick, like the, like express yourself in ways that make you feel creative that you can make an impact and whatever gifts that you were born with, that you're able to use those in some way that's of service to other people. But I think, um, and, and women are likely more guilty of this than men of just not feeling that kind of economic power Mm -hmm. or that type of, um, ability to impact. And I, I do my best to make sure, especially as hosting my own podcast to, to let people know anything is possible. Yeah. You change your mind, start small, start big, mm-hmm. take a risk, do whatever is going to make you feel good. But that's the only way that you can really step into that power is by recognizing that it's there. I think that's the first step. You reminded me of, I, I sent a friend, a uh, DM of this woman having like a picnic on the Seine in Paris. Yeah. And I was like, want to meet me there? And they wrote back, yes, I wish it was that simple. And I'm like, honestly, as long as you're a yes, everything else we can figure out. Yep. And yeah, I just, I think we, we need pins or something that say like, I'm in the anything's possible club because I just want people to know, like, come talk to us. If they find you or me on the street, come tell us what you want. We'll wave our magic wands and you can go and have it. A hundred percent. I am, I am a amateur hype woman. I will support <laughs> any dream that anyone has. And when I was doing I, I, like a little bit of prep and looking at the questions that you had, yeah. one question was, what's your favorite quote? And I think mm-hmm. it lines up really well with this, but it's a Maya Angelou quote. And it's like, put your crown on. It's already been paid for. Yeah. And it just... I'm probably butchering that a little bit, but it's so perfect for that. It's like, you don't have to fucking earn it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to wait for someone to tell you that you're the queen that you are. Put the crown on your damn head because everyone else that's gone through situations Mm -hmm. before that allowed you to be here today, to go through these lessons, like that's what it's all about. So Mm -hmm. don't wait, you know, it's right there. And that's a really big, um, I think it's a really big message. I wish I I yeah. want more people to experience that. Well, and it also speaks to the power of having like-minded people in your circle. Because, yeah. you know, I'm the last person that anyone ever checks on. Oh, yeah. I, I don't need like I don't usually need to be checked on, but every once in a while there's a it would be amazing people like, "What can I do for you today?" Like those are my favorite humans. Like I tell my team to ask that <laughs> regularly. <laughs> Because I will forget, I'll be so in go power mode. And sometimes it's as simple as like, did you have lunch today? Like, oh shit, I didn't. Thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I, I need a chaperone sometimes as yeah. an entrepreneur. Um, so what have you done to make sure that people who are in that same anything is possible mindset, people who are in the the hype space for you, like what are you doing to build that community or group around you to make sure that you're getting back a lot of that energy and inspiration that you're giving away? I mean, frankly, conversations like this, Kara, honestly, being open to that um, and and seeking them out because what I, what I realize is, is I do kind of audits of my friend groups and my networks mm-hmm. often. And I have an incredible support system. I love my friends. I love my family. Um, but I'm being a lot more intentional this year of expanding mm-hmm. that network because yeah. I, I know how important it is to have people that we will grow in different ways, you know, like, I have a really great group of friends from college, ones that have known me since I'm I'm 18 years old, and they have seen me grow up. And now I'm having a new friend group of seeing me when I started my business. And now we're growing up through in a different way together. So um, I think it's really important to to put that, to make yourself accountable to find Mm -hmm. those people. And so I do the same for myself. You know, I'm very big on outreach. Um, One of the reasons why I'm so inspired by my podcast too, I know you feel the Mm -hmm. same way, is when you don't have that circle of people that are doing a lot of things, you have to create that for yourself. Mm -hmm. And one other practical tip that I'll mention to anyone who's listening about starting a business is one thing that was really, really impactful for us is we sought out um, entrepreneurial workshops within our city. There are so many underutilized resources that people don't recognize, especially um, local governments, state governments, the amount of money that has to be spent and has to be given to small businesses is insane. And the amount of businesses that apply is so few. So again, it's not across the board, but from what I've learned and the groups that we work with is type into Google if there are workshops in your area or or organizations, nonprofits that can help in that way, because our network has grown substantially just by doing that. Um, and I, I think there's a lot that comes out of it, if not just having more people to commiserate with when things, you know, are, <laughs> are bad or ones that can help you yeah. celebrate when things are good. When shit does hit the fan, what do you do? Uh, well, I am a work in progress. <laughs> I, am, I am very lately, my six month mantra the past six months have been a huge shift in our business. I've taken on a, a lot more responsibility than I ever have. And it's taught me a lot of things about myself. One, that when shit comes up, when someone quits on the spot, when a freezer goes out, when a truck breaks down, there is always a solution. Mm-hmm. There is no, I, I, there's no throwing in the towel. There's just not. And so um, it's taught me to be resilient mm-hmm. taught me that I have grit that is unmatched. That's the grit and the problem solving is what gives me the confidence to know that I'm really capable of anything. And so you'll learn that through time and unfortunately learn that the hard way. Um, but when things get hard, I right now, my, my goal is to set boundaries within myself. That is this something that's, that's life or death. The answer is almost always no. Um, and so I have to, I have to emotionally and mentally let it go and find a a solution to it. Um, 
and detach from that a little bit, you know, that it's not, this is not soul crushing and earth ending. And I, I have to find a solution. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's hard. It's, it's, I think it's a learned practice. I bet you feel that way too, is when things feel really bad, you know, you Mm -hmm. can give yourself the hour or the day to feel really bad, but I, I never live there. I never, ever live there. And I, it, that's a practice in itself of talking yourself out of it. The mental yeah. toughness that it takes to get through it is a learned practice. And so I, back to not feeling guilty, people put a lot of pressure on themselves to have all the answers, to mm-hmm. be the best manager, the best boss, the best operator, the best finance person. And small businesses, you're everything at once. You'll never be great at all of them. You just won't. Yeah. So what we're doing... Now, from a practical perspective is we're outsourcing some of the things that are really difficult and cause a lot of frustration. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't happen right away. We put four years in, but that's how I deal is mentally, I'm learning to detach. I'm recognizing there's always a solution. And then that third piece is that I'm learning to let go and outsource some of the things that cause the heartburn. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it goes back to that that guilt piece, right? Because as entrepreneurs, there's a whole set of guilt and founders fraud and everything else. And then, you know, women are notoriously horrible for giving themselves any grace. And it's like all these layers that we have to always be looking at, like, okay, who's showing up today? Am I feeling this way because of this is an eight-year-old me thing showing up? Is this an entrepreneur thing? Is this do I actually care about this thing in the first place? <laughs> like who's here right now and who needs to leave the room because they're not invited? <laughs> I know. And you know what I will say about the whole imposter syndrome that you just brought up is that we're all imposters. Like we are yeah. all faking it because the fact that what I've been able to build in four years, yeah. I still look and I'm like, how? Yeah. But you know what it is? It's just never giving up. And so mm-hmm. if you know, if once you do that, you get in that cadence, you get mm-hmm. that confidence, your mindset starts to change. Mm-hmm. You won't feel that way as much, but I don't think that it ever goes away. And yeah. even I talk to CEOs of companies, people who mm-hmm. have had, have way more experience than I have. They still feel the same way. Well, and and if you're someone who keeps growing and expanding, you keep being at a table that makes you more and more uncomfortable that you don't think you've earned yet. So like, yeah. it's a feeling that I'm learning and, and guiding other people to celebrate because if you are uncomfortable, you are winning. Yeah. And it's, we don't have that perspective most of the time. I know. And it's so, it's all relationship building, you know, mm-hmm. getting confident and building relationships. And you, yeah. like, like if you're talking to a CEO, there is, there is one, two, 10 things at least that have a commonality, yes. you know, we're all humans. We're all having this weird, you know, human suit experience together. <laughs> we don't, we've never done this before. You know, it's like, we're all, we all have so many things that connect mm-hmm. us, but back to like what I was saying earlier about labels and all of these yeah. things that are designed to separate, mm-hmm. um, that's what makes you feel different and yeah. less than more than not enough, whatever. And that's, yeah. that, that mindset will hold anybody back. Yeah. Yeah. If I, that's on the list of things I wish I could just evaporate for people. Yeah. yeah. It just holds us back. So 2020 has been, or wow, 2020, 2022. Here, I can't go back there. (laughs) 
<laughs> can't go oh. back there. <laughs> no. <laughs> 2022 has been a big year for you. A lot of shifts, a lot of leveling up. What are you looking forward to as this year wraps up and you go into 2023? Well, that's it. It's a, I'll give you an interesting response. Maybe not what you're thinking, but I'm actually, I'm actually trying to, um, quiet a lot of the minutia that I have going on and, mm-hmm. and simplifying against, so I keep using that word, but I know there's like no other word I can use to describe it. Mm-hmm. So for the past four years, I have been grinding, building two businesses, um, working a corporate job, hosting a podcast, being a, a, a wife, a daughter, a friend, all of these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, I want to do less. Yeah. <laughs> so my goal, my short-term goal for the next six months is really focus on letting go of the things that I don't serve me anymore. So leaving mm-hmm. corporate America, finding my new identity as just yeah. Vicky and being open to where that takes me. So my my whole mantra for 2022 was that I surrender to whatever's meant to find me. And I feel like even though we're in, you know, the the last quarter of 2022 is that I'm really able to experience that and let in the opportunities that will find me. So, I mean, our businesses will continue to grow. We always have business goals. We always have mm-hmm. new things that we want to try out. I think experimentation is really fun and that's what drives me creatively. Mm-hmm. But as a person, I am really looking forward to just kind of decluttering my life a little bit and getting back to that idea of architecting the life that mm-hmm. feels really good and what I know I deserve. I love that. I I think that's one of the best answers anyone's given in a long time. And it's, it's why you're doing all this work, right? Yeah. So I think it's, I get as excited thinking about that as when people are like, oh, I'm going to launch this new thing. Cause it's you, you are launching something new and it's like, who am I today? Who am I going to be for the next five years, 10 years? Like What's the next version of you that feels way more, more free, more flow, more ease, more, oh, look, it doesn't have to be this complicated. (laughs) Yes. And we, I'm, I'm really um, doing a mindset check of getting rid of that belief that the grind and the hustle and the hardships and all of that is part of the story, yeah. which I'm, I'm shedding little by little, but that's, that's exactly right. You know, it's like as humans, we're not meant to burn ourselves out, just constantly mm-hmm. going. We, we have to kind of oil up the machines or shut things down. And, um, I feel that really strongly. So I'm giving myself yeah. that opportunity to do that. And I am trusting and have a lot of faith that, opportunities, whatever's right for me will find me. Love that. Well, we ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale and zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine. Where would you put yourself today? And where would you put yourself on average? Oh, oh my gosh, Kara. What (laughs) an interesting question. You know, I think sometimes I can, I, I can, um, I can be at a 10. (laughs) There are times where I really step into that and feel like I am the biggest boss and I can do whatever I can. I would say on an average day, I'm about at a six, but I always am learning. I always am like, 
the funny thing that's a sliding seal because I think it depends on what I have going on. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way too. Is like, again, we can't be great at everything. I can't be really good at like the accounting work and then be really great at marketing. So I guess that my sliding seal would depend on what I have going on. Yeah, love that. We've also been asking everyone this year, what do you need? This community is big and powerful and exactly what we were talking about, very resourceful. What is something that you need or you're looking for? What do I need? Well, I always need um, incredible stories on my podcast. So if Mm -hmm. anyone is interested in sharing their story, they can contact me at Confetti Filled Life on Instagram. I would love to connect. Um, And I think just what I mentioned earlier of continuing to grow my network and mm-hmm. in, and being really intentional of the people that I, I meet with to, to make sure that I feel really empowered. I feel like there's an opportunity for impact, um, mm-hmm. but also just relationship building, just because I love having these types of conversations. And this is what really energizes me to be able yeah. to build and feel inspired. So um, if I think of other specifics, I'd love to let you know, but I feel like Please today do. it's just continuing that network. Love that. Well, for everyone who would like to work with you, reach out with you, support you, where's all the places they can find you and connect? Oh, well, you can um, follow me on my podcast at Confetti Filled Life on Instagram. Um, You can also shoot me a note on my website, which will come directly to me. And it is confettifilledlife.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so glad that we got to switch roles and have you in in the hot seat. Um, It's been a pleasure to talk with you. And as I said before, it it makes me feel better about all the things that I know we have to do and the work we have to do to just get people into a place of just being happy and fulfilled and knowing that there's people like you making that happen as well. So it reminds me that we're not alone and we're all kicking ass in our own ways. And hopefully our, our ripple effects start to hit and like magnify <laughs> because we do it. And we all owe it to each other. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we're here for. So yeah. I'm, I buy into that 100%. All the links to connect with Vicki, her podcast, and all of her businesses are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening, and please leave us a rating and review. They're so helpful in connecting us with new listeners. Come and join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit caraduffy.com or find me on Instagram at cara underscore duffy. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.